Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Genesis 22. This is an incredible thing where the Lord begins to speak unto Abraham. He called for him, and in verse 1, Abraham said, Behold, here I am. Oh, isn't it an exciting thing when the Lord is calling for you? Oh, here I am, Lord. It's me, it's your boy Abraham. Until the Lord says, Okay, I'd like you to take your son. Isaac, whom thou lovest, thine only son, and I want you to get to the land of Moriah. Take my boy on a camping trip. No, I'd like you to offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I'll tell thee of. I just want you to take him, just start walking. So Abraham rose up early. That's, you know, the way our English works. Grammatically, this would, if, if any morning is a hit the snooze morning, where's my hit the snooze people? My God, we got a church full. No wonder 1020, the building looks different. <laughs> I get it. He rose up. He rose up early. Everybody say early. Yeah, he got the, he got the donkey prepared. He, he got his son, got the wood for the burnt offering. He, he went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw that place afar off. And he said to the young men, you stay, we're going to go. You stay, we're going to go. Because there will always come a place in sacrifice where the additional people stay. It's good to have people with you to help you on your journey. But God will call you to a place of sacrifice that not everyone goes with you. Mm -hmm. So they go. He takes the wood, Abraham takes the wood, Abraham, and burnt offering. He laid it upon Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand. It is probably the most amazing and human portion for us to read. The young man in verse 7, Isaac said, uh, Dad, <clears throat> my, my father, yeah, here, here I am, my son. He said, I, I see the fire, see the wood. <laughs> Where's the lamb? Abraham said these words, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. God will provide himself a lamb. God will provide himself a lamb. There's so much prophetic promise tied into those words of the father of faith. God will provide himself a lamb for burnt offering. So they went together. Jump down to verse 13, if you will. The angel of the Lord had called to him. And Abraham lifted up his eyes, verse 13 says, and looked and behold, behind him. Behind him. A ram caught in a thicket. 
by his horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. How many has ever uttered those words, Jehovah-Jireh? Brother Williams, haven't there been some times along the way where we've had to just remind ourselves, he is Jehovah-Jireh, my provider. On this, on this Thanksgiving Sunday morning, I want to preach to you as I feel inspired by the Holy Ghost that I am thankful for the thicket. I am thankful for the thicket. And if I change my perception of the thicket, it just might help change my perception of God. I have one theological issue with one of the songs we sang earlier. <laughs> I don't want anyone to get nervous. But the bridge where it said he gets better is incorrect. But my perception of his goodness can increase. And the thicket at times, it won't make God better, but it'll make me recognize that he's better than I thought he was. He gets better to me. How many know he's sweeter as the days go by? How many's found he's greater today than it was? I want you to throw your hands and lift your voices right now in this room and pray that God would help us. God, give us thanks for the thicket. Give us thanksgiving for the thicket. Hey, in the name of the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> God, we love you. We call upon your mighty name, the name of Jesus Christ. We ask, oh Lord, that you would meet with us in this house today. Help me, oh Lord, that my preaching would be under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost anointed by you. Speak directly not only to the years but to the hearts and the minds of believers in this room. I pray you would replace any lack of confidence or any lack of trust that you would give us joy and peace and assurance. We ask it in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ and let everyone say amen. God bless you, and you may be seated here today. Thanks for the thicket. It is fitting that all across this room today, whether you like it or not, there are men who spent last week in the woods. Yeah, they did. Some of them were successful. Some of them were not. Walked in the house about a week ago and one of my kids said, did you kill anything? And I said, time. Hmm. Time is what I got. I have a vivid memory of when I was a child, we spent a lot of time in the outdoors. And I will tell you, there are few things scarier than the woods in the dark. I know some of you are so manly. Oh, good for you. 
Woods in the dark are scary. I was reminded of that the other night when the sun had barely set and I heard more coyotes than I thought was possible. You ever been in, who's ever been in the dark when the coyotes start to talk? Lord, carry me from this place. Make my feet swift. Set me on a rock like hind's feet. No, no, no. I, I, I have this memory of being in the dark as a child and getting turned around in the woods. And the path I was supposed to be on was very clear. But the woods looks different in the dark. How many know that? Being in a place that is very familiar in the daylight can be almost impossible to navigate in darkness. And I found myself in the middle of a thicket in the darkness. Who would be, just, just help me right out, that sounds terrifying to you, to be in a thicket in the woods in the middle of darkness. Raise your hand. I feel a little better about my manliness right now. Just, And I, I fought my way out of there. And almost anybody that's spent a lot of time in the woods can tell you that this happens. I fought my way out of there. My heart rate had elevated. I'm usually not a sweater, but I was really sweating. Just going to hydrate on that thought just a little bit. I finally make it out of the thicket, but by the time I get to the car, I was, I was bearing marks that I did not know had occurred. Brother Barkus, I had scratches down my hands. I had a big scratch down the side of my face. In the moment, my adrenaline was so elevated, I didn't feel it. I didn't care. I just did not want the imaginary boogeyman of the woods. <laughs> to get me. And so I decided I'm okay with the scars. Scars mean I'm alive. That's a word for somebody. Scars mean you're still here. I'm reminded of a great story that Pastor Graham told about that pastor where he called him after that wreck and that man said, I'm hurting, but only living people hurt. Whoop! I bear the marks of the thicket that I got out of. So I, I say that to say I am well aware of the thicket. I'm well aware of what it means, but I will tell you that the text other than the thicket, is foreign to me. I understand the thicket, but scaling the mountain seems like it should have been enough. Thousands of love songs have been written about, I'd climb a mountain for you. No, you wouldn't. And she don't want you to. Very few women would say, what'd you do for me? And a man said, I climbed a mountain. And the woman said, okay. That, 
buy her dinner. Come on. Unrealistic things that are pinned. I'd scale the mount. She didn't want you to. He doesn't, he's not asking for that. Talk nice. Be a start. But we, we speak of this. We teach of this. Even within the church because of our text, we often speak about mountaintops and valley lows. And we, allow me this. We speak a way spiritually that we speak no other way. I'm going to scale this mountain. What mountain? What mountain? You're just having a bad day. I'm not trying to make light of your situation. So if we take that and we run our lives through this filter, it seems like Abraham was doing a good thing just by hearing God and traveling to a place he did not yet have final confirmation of. If that would happen to any of us, if anybody in this room would say, the Lord spoke to us, we don't have perfect direction, but he told us to walk, and so we're just walking. Brother Gwaltney, everybody in this room would say, you are a man of faith. Whoop! You're a man. Where are you going? I'm just walking because the Lord told me. What are you searching for? I'm searching for a city whose builder and maker as a pastor, if you came in and told me that, I'd want to say, well, I'm thankful for your, thank for your, for your obedience. I'm thankful for that. But God will probably tell you where. I'll be honest with you. I'm always leery by people that just want to move for move's sake. Because they think geography change will fix them. Most of the time, it's not a geography change. It's a heart change. <laughs> but he told him to go. Why? I want you to go and take your son and I want you to offer him early the next early. Logan, if you're my boy, that is not a morning you want me getting up early. Son, get up. We're going to go. Dad, where are we going? Oh, it's, it's going to be a killer. It, <laughs> today will be lights out. Today will be lights out. No, it took day's journey. But they go, and he takes the wood. He's got his knife. He's, he, he, it's intentional. They're, they're headed on a plan. Why? Because Abraham understood that faith and obedience must come together. I cannot be a person of faith unless I am a person of obedience. If you have to understand the entirety of the process, then you are not walking in faith. And it is not a foreign process at this area and time in life for people to sacrifice their children. But it is not the custom or the culture of God. Some people think, well, well thank God that, that we don't deal with that anymore. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I feel right now. I watch people sacrifice their kids all the time. They don't, they don't physically do it, but they spiritually do it. 
didn't get to live a certain way when they were in high school, so they sacrificed. It's better to be obedient, to follow after the will of God. And if you have a choice, you would rather give your child to God than to the world. Pastor, I feel like they don't have a life. They're at, they're at youth prayer all the time. They're, they're at kids revival all the time. They're, there's church Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and there's prayer on Thursday. We are not apologetic about saying let's get as close to God as physically and humanly possible. I don't think we should be apologetic about saying let's introduce our children to the will and the word of God. But Brother Kilman, how are my kids going to know? Isaac did not hear from God, but Isaac was led by Abraham. You follow me. You're just going to have to trust that I can hear from God. And one of the most devastating things that can ever happen for the next generation is to lose their faith in their parents' ability to hear. That's why we got to be moms and dads that can hear from God. We got to be moms and dads that worship the Lord. We got to be mom. Woo! Come on, mom and dad. Come on, grandparents. Come on, patriarchs of the faith. It takes us knowing. I don't know why, but I know I've heard from the Lord. Are we really going to church again? Yes. Are we going to Bible study? Yes! We went Sunday morning. I don't want to go Sunday night. The game's on at 6 o'clock. Okay, fine. We'll be home at 8.30, but I want you to tune in to the lives. You might not know it, but you just put them on an altar. If you don't know it, there's an altar of sports. Okay, we'll be home in a little while. I don't want you to watch anything you shouldn't. You can watch the game, but I don't. We need parents to say, Isaac, you trust me. You just trust me. I, I see the fire. I, I see, where's the lamb? You just trust me. God will provide. Where are my people that have found out? If you follow God, God will provide. If you will stick with God, God will stick with you. Come on, where's the adult that would say, I found out a long time ago. If I'll just keep walking, if I'll just keep climbing, if I'll just keep marching, he will provide. I don't see it all yet. I can't visually see it all yet, but I'm telling you, he is a provider. Find a few people and tell them he's a provider. He's a, he's a provider. Brother Norman, have you found out in a hospital room, no matter what the doctors say, no matter how dire the situation, you didn't want to be in that hospital. We didn't want that sweet little baby Rias to have that surgery. It looked different last year when we were gathering in that hospital. Ah, but look. Look at us now. If we're not careful, we can just show up like everything's fine. And we don't remember what was happening months ago. But every now and then we got to go back and remember, he's a provider. He's a provider. He's a provider. He's a provider. 
hope you haven't had the job so long that you forgot he gave it to you. I hope you haven't had the business so long you forgot where you could be without the Lord. He has been your. There's people. I feel like some of us elders, we got to help some of the younger crowd right now. There's people in this room right now that it's when you chose that you would not work that job at the sacrifice of your salvation that he gave you the greatest job you had ever had. You told them you wouldn't work Sundays and they got mad and somehow you ended up with a raise. People looked at you and said, you're crazy. And you said, no, I'm committed. I am crazy. I'm crazy about the one who suffered. I'm crazy about the one who bled. I'm crazy about the... I'm crazy about the Lamb of God who shed his blood for me. And don't you worry about my job because he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And I found out that if I stand for him... Come on, somebody in this place. We found out that if we'll stand... I feel like I'm preaching to somebody right now. If you will stand for God. Everybody shout, Abraham was committed. And in today's world, they would think Abraham needed committed. Brother John, you let Abraham tell you the plan. Abe, what are you doing this week? Oh. I'm ahead, out of town. Oh, good. Yeah, me and the boy. What are you guys going to do? I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Say that again, Mr. Father of the faith. You didn't know when, when, when Sarah laughed and you got chastised that there would come a day when you would take your son, the one that even the Lord would say, your only son, and say, you wanted him so bad, I want to see if you want him more than me. Because there is a dimension to the multiplication of your blessing that is tied in your obedience after the promise. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. He said, you're already blessed. You can walk away now and everybody have to say, you know old Abe, old dried up Sarah. They had that boy. Come on. She was too old to have a kid. But they got Isaac. If they would have walked away, it was, please catch this, it was a private conversation between God and Abraham. Abraham could have said, enough is enough. And walked away with everybody still saying, boy, Abraham has got favor. But God understood there is a level of sacrifice that comes after the fulfillment of process that takes you from addition to multiplication. And I fear that the church has been living in addition for long enough. In the last days, saith. 
all. What do you want me to do? And that's why I say they would have had him committed. Because if he would have told them, what we're doing is, can you just see him sharpening the knife? What we're doing is, me and Junior, <laughs> we're going to go. I'm going to kill him. Some of y'all don't know what I was doing. I was sharpening. This is sharpening. I got it. Never mind. Got to up my acting skills, I think. It was not for everyone else. Listen, it would affect everyone else. You might not know it, but you were affected by Mariah. <laughs> the Jews, to this day, when they, who knows which way they're facing when they pray? Towards Jerusalem, right? Facing towards Jerusalem. But they're not really facing Jerusalem. They're facing Mount Moriah. He affected everybody. And not just so that we could gather in Sunday school rooms and sing Father Abraham. He affected us by proving faithfulness. And he takes his boy and they leave. And somewhere along the way, I love the point of revelation where his son catches on. For me, Sister Katie, that is an awkward Breach in relational value. Dad, I hate to ask this. Because, watch this, sacrifice was not foreign to Isaac. This would not be Abraham's first altar. He's already stood on multiple mounts and had altars. There, there, there was Mariah, Mount Mariah. This would not be the first. Isaac was versed enough to follow, but also versed enough to recognize this does not seem like enough. Parents, we are fooling our kids if we think we can play church and then believe this. Is enough. They might not have the guts to say it because I think, <laughs> I think he was thinking it for a long time before he mustered up the courage to say, um, hey, Pop, um, just for clarity, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> and and Abraham's answer was so powerful. The Lord will provide. God will provide himself. He, he is tied. Listen, the type and shadow that is tied in this, that's looking, that's looking to the, he will provide himself. Himself, a lamb, a lamb, a lamb, a lamb. But Abraham carries through, and I don't want to take too much time with the narrative. You understand it. He gets him firmly fastened to the altar, knife in his hand. 
He's about to kill this boy. Nobody in this room would excuse that. Brother Lash, none of us would say, Abraham, you're doing good work. Oh, pastor, it was a different day, a different time. I understand that. But if you look at it in today's time, none of us, but he was perfectly in the will of God because he was taking his promise and giving his promise back to God. I don't understand it, but I trust you. This doesn't make sense to me, but I trust you. This doesn't feel right, but I trust you. This has been, this has been overwhelming and, and gruesome. And I see the veins protruding in his forehead and the sweat that's dripping down off of his nose, probably mixed together with the tears that have salty just moved down to his face. And the knife is pulled when the angel of the Lord, he calls his name not once, but twice. He says, Abraham. And Abraham is so tuned into what he's doing. It comes a second time. Abraham. And he looks, watch this. And behind him, behind him in the thicket. We don't get, we don't get any real picture of the topography except for mountainous until we hear that word. So it was not only a mountainous climb. It was not only an elevated situation, but the terrain was also filled with thickets. But the thickets were holding the answer. The, thi the thicket, the thicket, I didn't want to deal with this mountain, much less these thickets, but the thicket was holding the answer that could not be revealed until obedience. Because while old, while old Abe was climbing the mountain on one side, dealing with the thickets in his area, God was providing a ram. I've come with a word for somebody today. I know the climb has seemed overwhelming. And I know that the thickets of your life have seemed like insult to injury. But I've got a word for you that if you will stay obedient to the will and the call of God, that there is a thicket holding your answer. I'm telling you, there is a thicket that is holding your answer. Let me preach for a few minutes and I'll be done. I know you didn't want the sickness, but you cannot have a miraculous healing without the sickness. So you take that thicket and you let God be God, I know that you didn't want to deal with this issue in your relationship. You didn't ask for it, but the thicket is here. And in the middle of this thicket, God can provide a ram. I don't want you to kill Isaac. I just want to know if you're willing. And if you're willing to give me your promise, I'll let you know I've had an answer all along. I've had a promise prepared. I've had, a, I've had a ram prepared the whole time for you. I'm preaching to somebody that's been overwhelmed by the current situation of your life. And I'm telling you, you can't hear it. But there is a thicket that is holding the answer.
Nobody wants to look at the thicket. The thicket is the place where the animals go to hide. The thicket is the place where the animals go to browse. They'll browse on the berries of the thicket. They'll get themselves lost. Any kind of a horned animal will even rub their horns on the animals. And this ram was probably large enough that his curls were full, making him a mature animal. Because he would not have been able to get his horns caught unless he was a mature animal. That means that before he was ever there that day, God had been preparing this ram for a long time. He had been getting this ram. Longer than Abraham, longer than Abraham knew it, God had been preparing and God had been maturing a ram that would be feeding himself up one side of the hill because it was normal inside that animal to feed a little higher onto the hill, a little higher onto the mountain in the places where others might not be sure-footed and he would ease into the thicket for feeding and he would find nourishment in his body old enough that he had matured for the horns to grow deep. But there! in that thicket he would find himself captivated because he was in fact the answer for obedience and I've got a word for you here today Calvary Tabernacle your obedience is not unnoticed I, I've got to tell somebody the Lord needs you to know that your obedience is not unnoticed. Your obedience to the word of God, your faithfulness to the house of God, I am, I'm reaching right now for somebody that the enemy's tried to convince you. The church has given up on you. God has given up on you. This can't be the will of God. I'm here to tell you all the time that he's doing that, there's been a ram feeding up the other side of this hill. There's been a... Obedience is better than sacrifice. I want to know if you'll give me your promise, but if you will give me your promise, I've got a promise that's greater than anything that you could ever produce. How many know he's got a promise greater than what we can produce? And there's been a ram that's been feeding up the other side of the hill. Anybody in this place ever found out that when you were absolutely done, God stepped in? Who's, who's been in a situation like I have where you were ready to say, throw in the towel, enough's enough, packs against the wall, nothing, it's done. And God said, all right. And then I'm left thinking, that would have been nice alone. But it's hard to appreciate the ram until Isaac is on the altar. It's hard to appreciate the thicket until the knife is in your hand. My, 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 it's hard for me. All that was to me was briars and undergrowth and thorns and thicket. It's hard for me to appreciate it. It's hard for me to appreciate it until I find out that there is a value housed within that. That it would have, I mean, I was down to my last dime and God came through. I was down to my last doctor's appointment and God came through. I was down to my last, my mind was almost gone. In fact, if the devil would have had his way, I would have lost my mind. I was there, it was over. You ever thought about how Abraham wrestled? What do I tell Sarah? Abe, where, where's the boy? How do you have that conversation?
Can you picture them? Walking back down that hill together. I bet that changed Isaac's perspective of his dad. Well, maybe, but I'm going to tell you what it did. It changed Isaac's perspective of God. Never for the rest of his life would Isaac need to wonder, is God a provider? Never for the rest of his life would Isaac need to wonder, does my dad trust God? Never for the rest. My, 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 my. Come on, we've been reaching for families all of October. And I'm preaching on Thanksgiving for this, this November. And I understand we're about to ease into Christmas bells. And everybody's going to be buying gifts. A lot of them that people don't even want. You want to give your family a gift? Give them thankfulness. We cannot let our young people think that the only time we're thankful is when we are in an exciting situation. We need to give God thanks for the thickets. We need to give God thanks for the tough times. We need to give God thanks in all things. We, we've got to give God that. I don't understand this mountain. I don't understand this road. I don't understand this thicket. But I do know this. Thanks be to God who causes me to triumph. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. And Abraham lifted his voice and said, I'm going to call this place. No, 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 no. This isn't Beersheba. No, 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 no. This isn't just any old mountain. This isn't Shechem. And this isn't Bethel. No, 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 no. This is Mount Moriah. I'm, I'm going to call it Jehovah Jireh. And the Hebrew theologians want to get together and say, I don't know if that really should be God a provider or God that appears. You wrestle with the vow. You try, to, you try to get in there and wrestle with it. And most of them are going to lean to the same thing that we always say. He is a provider. He is a provider. He is. He is. I feel like saying it over and over and over. He's a provider. 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 He showed up when I had nothing. He showed up when it was over. He showed up and he is Jehovah. Jireh. I want you to stand with me. I want you to lift your hands and I want you to begin to give thanks to Jehovah Jireh. I know you might not want the thicket, but you need the ram. <sighs> Somebody needs him to prove himself again as Jehovah Jireh. I want you to lift your hands right now. You got people watching right now that need God to be a provider in your family. God, I need you to provide for Brother Green's right now. For Sister Green, I need you to provide. I need you to provide for Sister Foley right now. I need you to be a provider for Sister McCreary right now. Woo.
I need somebody to pray with me right now. Just pray with me. Somebody's been in the point of, you've, you've really, nobody's known, but you've been at the point of almost giving up. You've been upset about the climb. You've been upset about the thicket. But I've been sent to remind you the thicket's going to house your miracle. Come on, somebody give him thanks right now. I don't feel any release to move from this moment. But I want somebody to get into deep thanksgiving. Somebody, it has been a long time since you thanked him for the things like the thicket. Nobody's thankful for the thicket. Well, you are when you realize it holds the ram. to say some things I feel right now. I curse the abuse that happened to you, but God can give you a ram in this thicket. I'm sorry about the divorce and what it led you through, but God can give you a ram right now. I know that life has been tough and almost overwhelming, but God has got a ram. How many know? How many know that it was all pointing towards a lamb? A lamb of God. This would be a ram caught in the thicket. But Christ would be a lamb that took the thicket upon himself. And I know they pressed it on his head. Matthew 27 calls it a, a crown of thorns. But you hear me right now. Christ the Lamb of God was not caught. He gave himself. So that just in case you're thinking, I don't have a ram in the thicket, I'm here to tell you, yes, you do. You have a lamb. Woo! Here's my real call for real people in this real moment. You need God to provide, whether it's physically, mentally, spiritually. I keep feeling financially. You need God to be the provider, though. You need Him to be a provider. You need you need him to be a provider right now. You, you've seen enough thicket. You're ready to see a ram. You're ready to catch a fresh revelation. You've been trying to be faithful. You've been trying to live. You 
got scratches on your arms and scratches on your face. And you see, you got, you got your promise on the altar. And you're in a place you need to be able to step back and say, He is Jehovah Jireh. I'm opening this altar for people right now that need Him to be Jehovah. You need if I've ever reached. I'm reaching for somebody right now. No matter what you ask for, I'm telling you the most important goal is that He is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins. When you come to this altar, I want you to repent and say, God, if there be anything in me, forgive me of my, my wrong thoughts, my wrong actions, my wrong words. You're the Lamb of God. We need the provision. We need the provision. We need the provision of God.